YoMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. Innistrad is coming soon, and StarCityGames.com is your source for boxes, cases, fat packs, intro packs, complete sets, and singles. Head on over to StarCityGames.com and pre-order Innistrad today. Everybody and welcome to episode 81 of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco here with Big Head Joe, of course. Say hello. Uh, hello. Okay. Uh, and we're also joined by uh, by a guy you may know him, Jonathan Medina of StarCityGames.com and Untapped Cast and Crazy Talk Podcast. And I don't know, John. What else do you do? And everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Very good. Uh, haven't had you on the show f- in forever, so really, uh, really good to have you have you back. It's because you guys record during the day. Yes, it is. <laughs> that, that is the only reason. I would be on this podcast infinitely if you guys recorded in the evening. Yeah, well, we we can make special exceptions like tonight. So yeah, uh, I like. That. So of course today we're going to talk about like the two big kind of giant. Bombshells Wizards dropped on us in the last two days. One on Monday, we had the full Innistrad spoiler, which is, of course, exciting because everybody wants to see that. But then on Tuesday, the the banned and restricted list announcement, which had uh, quite, a, quite a few additions. So let's just go right into that. All right, so... So there was, a, so there was an announcement. There was uh, September twentieth. The, the uh, was you know the regular announcement. It wasn't any special kind of uh, thing. They do this every three months, and so we'll be looking at it again in December. Um, and of course, three months ago, we all heard about Jason Stoneforge being banned in standard. Uh, and this time around, nothing banned in standard. No changes there. But uh, modern, of course, was what I think everybody was really looking forward to, and got I think the biggest. Biggest Most I've looked forward to modern since it started. Yeah, I mean, we were saying this last week about how <laughs> we uh, we really I didn't want to play modern because I didn't really know what was going to be around. Um, so really quick, the additions to the list: we have Blazing Shoalist banned, Cloudpost, Green Sun Zenith, Ponder, Preordain, and Rite of Flame all banned. Uh, Blazing Shoal obviously because of the uh, the way it can create the turn two kill off of like an Ink Moth Nexus or a Glistener Elf. Um, in modern, and then cloud post, of course, for the uh, the the namesake of the deck, the cloud post decks that are very very strong. Um, not really. I, I know a lot of them performed pretty well at, at Pro Tour Philly, but uh, but only one made the top eight. Um, I'm gonna skip Green Sun Zenith for a second. We have Ponder and Preordain were really kind of just used as really good card selection to uh, for the combo decks, especially the blue-red combo decks, and Rite of Flame kind of made those decks so fast it was really hard to hard to really compete with them. Um, so, so most of those are fairly obvious. John, what did you think of uh, think of those? I mean, I, I like I said, Green Sun Zenith, uh, I kind of skipped over it, but if you want to 
have well, an opinion you know, on that too. You know, by uh, by mentioning it, you didn't skip it, right? Yeah, that's true. I didn't actually skip it, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as well, you obviously have the most to say about that. I, I do. Well, I, I, it's fine. I'm not like angry or anything, but I think their explanation. I know Eric Lauer wrote an article explaining why all the cards were banned, and the explanation for Green Sun Zenith, I think, lacks something. So. Well, let's get to that first, or let's get to that after we discuss kind of the rest of the cards, because I feel like, I mean, maybe you guys disagree, but I feel like the none of those were, as, were really a surprise to me, and Green Sun Zenith was. It was surprising to see Ponder and Preordain banned to me. Like, I mean, I understand why they did it, but to me it's just kind of like, you know, it was just surprising. Like, I, I thought maybe one of them, and then just leave you with one like cantrip, um, right? But instead, they're just like, okay, no ponder, nor no preordain, and no right of flame. So like this deck is totally going to be dead, you know? Right. I mean, the pyromancer ascension lists were were running all three of those cards, and so that really kind of sets those decks back. But they still left serum visions and sleight of hand, and you can still play metamorphos. It's just slowed down quite a bit. I don't know if that makes it unplayable, but uh, it's kind yeah, of... Yeah, I, I don't think... I, I'm being a little bit um, exaggerative when I say this deck <laughs> is dead, you know. I mean, I know you still have one mana cantrips. You still have uh, um, Peer Through Depths. You still have, you know, Manamorphose. You have uh, eight two-drop rituals and Seeding Song. Yeah, I mean, that, that stuff still exists. And now you have that flashback card, which we'll talk about in the Innistrad spoilers, but you can... Uh, basically give all your instants and sorceries flashback. Yeah. Past in Flames, isn't that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. which would probably be super insane with, like, Rite of Flame and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ponder and Freerdane. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's the only thing, like... I, I take a... The way that I look at bannings, like, I might, like, say stuff like, oh, man, I really hope they don't ban Ponder. Or, man, I really wish they would unban Jace, you know? But, like... I just, I kind of say that stuff to be excitable about the whole topic, you know? Um, but at the same time, I kind of just, like, whatever cards they give me to play with, mm-hmm. I'm just going to play with those cards. Like, I don't really care if they say I can't play with, you know, this card or that card. Like, whatever, I'll play with different cards, you know? It's like, it doesn't really affect my life too much if they're, you know, banning certain cards in certain formats. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I know I think I get lost in my own uh, kind of reaction sometimes, but then I realize as soon as, as soon as the initial reaction is passed, I'm kind of like, well, that's fine. Uh, this, I'm still going to keep playing. It's not like I'm going to stop. I'm going to play with what's there. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about Modern, even though I can't play with, with Jace and Mental Misstep and Ancestral Visions or Bitter Blossom. Um I was sort of expecting, and I think a lot of people were expecting something to be unbanned, and so uh, I'm. I was. I think I was mostly surprised that nothing was unbanned, and then the second kind of surprise was that Green Sun Zenith being on the list. Joe, what did you feel about this list when you saw it? Uh, makes sense to me. I mean, like, I. I don't know. I mean, again, I think I'm on the same page with you. Is that I really expected them to unban. Something, yeah. You know, like, like, I don't think I'm not sitting there going. I think they should have unbanned card X or card Y or whatever. Like, I don't think they should have unbanned anything um, specific. Specific, exactly. Right. 
but I expected them to maybe unban something. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. And, I mean, that's fine. Um, I think this band list looks pretty solid. Um, I still, I mean, the fact that the, the band list underneath of this modern band list, uh, exists makes me care even less about modern because it looks like extended's still around. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like extended's might still be a PTQ format. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that, I guess, right after, uh, right after we talk, finish talking about this modern list but yeah, yeah slow your roll there buddy yeah stop slow trying to it. transition so quick we've only been on for a few minutes well, we've <laughs> only got a few minutes no I, i'm not I wasn't trying to i wasn't trying to uh to move to a transition there right. um i'm just saying like you know i <laughs> care about modern probably as much as i did before like yeah i cared about it the most waiting until midnight to look at what they banned um yeah. and then i don't care anymore again yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I'm really excited about this format. I really like it, and I think this is really going to open things up because the the speed at which a lot of those decks kind of uh, could win really kept you from being able to play the kind of decks that I want to play, like the control decks that I want to play. I oh, can't – I like playing those decks that you could just win on turn two. I think that's awesome. I – I don't enjoy those. I realize more and more <laughs> because it's no fun. Like it's if you want to just play something where it's a coin flip to win, just flip a coin, and you can win really quick. You can play a whole lot yeah, of games in thirty I seconds. Have, I don't have any foil coins, so I'd rather just play, play with my. They're foil. all foil, oh, they're all foil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me about green sense even. What, what is your what is yeah. your big uh, problem with this? Well, that's I, I, don't, I was going to say I don't really have a problem with it. I just I'm not sure I entirely understand their reasoning because it seems like. The reason I'll just quickly try to read the the paragraph. Uh, on turn one, this can get a Lanawar Elves, or this can give the acceleration of a Lanawar Elf by getting a Dryad Arbor. Later turns, you can get a larger creature or one of toolbox creature like Gaddic Teague. Uh, while this is interesting, it's also too efficient. If one intends to build a deck that has turn one accelerance, Green Sun Zenith is a great choice. If one wants more access to utility green creatures, Green Sun Zenith is a great choice. If one wants more to more reliably get a large green creature, such as Primeval Titan, onto the battlefield, Green Sun Zenith is a great choice. However, this ends up with fewer different decks being played in practice, as Green Sun Zenith is such a good choice that there are fewer green decks that do anything else. The DCI hopes that banning Green Sun Zenith increases diversity among modern green decks. Now, to me, what I take away from that paragraph is Green Sun Zenith is a staple in green decks. Why is that a problem? Like it's a tutor, dude. Yeah, it is a tutor. That, but but it's not it's not breaking anything. I don't feel like you know most tutors. There, there's plenty of tutors that are still uh, around. It, tutors aren't inherently broken just because they're tutors, or else we'd never see them. Um, I think the whole thing is. I mean, yeah, it's powerful. It's a staple, but I don't feel like it was necessarily worth banning and. This is a great card. It's a staple card for green. And on top of it, green is a color that needs more powerful things. So I think Green Sun Zenith is the exact kind of card you want green to have. And um, the fact that it's showing up in every green deck, I don't feel like that. They're saying about it, uh, fewer decks, fewer different decks being played in practice. And I don't, I don't know where those, where that statement is exactly coming from because to me, it's any green sun zenith is just any creature in your deck. So you play whatever green creatures you want, and green sun zenith is just 
going to be going to represent any of those creatures. So it doesn't necessarily mean. Well, I, I don't know. The same thing with yeah. Stoneforge Mystic and the swords. I mean, like the Stoneforge Mystics represent any sword that you need in that deck. Of course, it also and of course, the sa- it's the same thing with Green Sun Zenith. Once Green Sun Zenith resolves, that creature enters the battlefield. You know what I mean? Like, right. you don't counter the Green Sun Zenith. They get whatever it is they want without a chance to, to stop it. And it's the same thing with Stoneforge Mystic. When you search up a sword, you pretty much don't get a chance to counter that sword. You know what I mean? Because they're going to bring it out with the Stoneforge Mystic. But I creatures are, in, are inherently more uh, vulnerable than equipment. Sure. I just I just don't... I, I, it's funny because I don't hear, think I heard a single person or... Or I don't think a single person actually thought, hey, they should ban Green Sun Zenith. And now I'm surprised that people aren't questioning it more. Maybe because, they are. But here's, here's, here's just from my observation here. Here's why I think they banned Green Sun Zenith and from hearing that explanation. Okay. So Green Sun Zenith wasn't being looked at as a card that was going to break the format because the format was broken by a million combo decks, right? Mm-hmm. So they ban all these combo pieces, so what does that leave? That leaves everyone playing Legacy Zoo, right? (laughs) Right? I mean, so they had to take something from Legacy Zoo. They had to preemptively – I imagine they preemptively banned Green Sun Zenith under the impression that the format was going to become Legacy Zoo. I don't – I don't – Crap your lands. I don't think that's why they banned it, like – I don't think they banned it because it was too powerful, and I don't think they banned it because they were preemptively getting ready for like a, a zoo overrun. I think one of the one of the things that they're doing with modern is they're using the ban list to sculpt a format that doesn't look like any other format. Okay, and like one of the things one of the things about Green Sun Zenith is that it does everything. It can accelerate you. It can get you uh, control creatures. It can get you beaters. It could um, let you run less Tarmogoyfs. It could, you know, so, like, what they don't want to happen is that, like, basically, if you build a green deck without Green Sun Zenith, Mm -hmm. the green deck has to have a focus. So, like, if you're going for ramp, you have to have, like, Primeval Titans. You have to have, uh, you know, uh, the stupid wall that... Uh, you know, Whoa. overgrown battlements, um, you know, this kind of stuff. If you're going for, like, an elf deck, you know, you have to you have to build it a, another way. You know what I mean? And what they didn't, I think what they didn't like was the bleed that Green Sun Zenith gave to all of the green decks. It just allows you to make a really efficient green deck that doesn't actually need to focus on one thing or the other. Because Green Sun Zenith will smooth out all of those edges. So... So instead of making a, a focused green deck that does one thing and does it well, you're making these kind of like hybrid green decks that use Green Sun Zenith to the full advantage. Right, and I don't disagree with any of that really. I think the only – what I do disagree with is why is that even a problem is, is my point. So, uh, so yeah, so, so if, that's, if they view that as being a problem, then I, it makes sense that they would ban it. I just am kind of surprised that they think that's a problem because why not give decks something something like this that they don't really otherwise have? Why not give green decks? Because it can't search for a Vendillion click. It's not a green creature. It has to be a green creature. There's already a uh, built-in kind of um, yeah, like but limitation, now, you know? Well, then now maybe there's going to be more Vendillion clicks in green decks. 
See what I'm saying? Oh, I, I, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah, like if they yeah. wanted to play. Because, like, I know when I'm building a Green Sun Zenith deck, first of all, I go, okay, I want to build a green deck. Mm-hmm. And then first thing I say, well, well, I need Green Sun Zenith, you know, obviously, right? Right. And, and then I, in the middle of building, I'm saying, ooh, maybe I want to run Vendillion Clicks or, you know, Splash for this black creature. And then I'm like, well, no, because then, like, I can't really get it with Green Sun, so it messes up my numbers. I'll just leave it out, you know, and I'll run something else instead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's this kind of thing. Like, I don't know. And part of me just says, you know what? It's green. Who cares? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even play with this card, but yeah, I just I question it. It's, like I said, I'm not, I don't actually have a, a problem with it. I'm not angry about it. I just question it because I'm surprised at it. And I think what's the problem with green having something like this? If If they – we're thinking all this kind of stuff. Why not? I mean, they, they revisit this every three months. Why not look at it in December and go, look how many green decks were using Green Sun Zenith and this was doing this and that, and then maybe convince us a little more. I kind of feel like... Uh, Why not unban it in December? Well, that's fine too, but I, you know, I guess you could go either way here, but it seems to me, you know, why put a card on a banned list for what... I guess I'm just not understanding the reasoning behind it. It doesn't seem to be a problem to me to give green decks. You know, I'm going to build a green deck. First, first card I write down is for green sun zenith. Just like in legacy, I'm going to build a blue deck. I write down brainstorm. Or if in standard, I'm going to build, um, you know, uh, a white controlish deck. I'm going to write down uh, uh, four Gideon or something, or three Gideon or something like that. Something where, where you just have a staple in that kind of deck. I don't think that that's a problem. That's what a staple is. It belongs, or it's almost always in a deck that can play that color. And I don't see, like, Doomblade or Go for the Throat. You know, those, if you're playing black, you're probably playing those. Depending on the artifact situation in the format, you're saying, all right, I'm going to play four Doomblades. You know, it's just, I don't understand that that, I don't see that as being a problem. So that's all. But we can move move past it. It was just something that I, well, I, mean- I questioned. Also, banning Green Sun Zenith gives, uh, like, Birthing Pod and Fauna Shaman and these kind of cards more room to breathe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a non-issue because I probably would never cast a Green Sun Zenith in, in modern <laughs> anyways. And, you know, I really don't care. Like <laughs> Right. Well, I, I think I'm trying to speak for the, the green mages out there. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you green mages something, okay? Play blue. All right? But, uh, okay, so, Joe, (laughs) you got to insert in there, like, Jonathan Medina's views are not (laughs) representative of Yoki Tatsu. But but they are. (laughs) Can I mention that one thing will be actually unbanned uh, before the October 1st um, uh, changeover? What is that, fun? Fun might be unbanned. Michael Posgay. Posgay suspension ends uh, September 23rd. So I'm. Posgay plug. Yeah. I, I, I know. I was just thinking about it. And, uh, You're just thinking about Michael Posgay? No, I was thinking. You, were, you kept saying banned, banned, banned. And I'm like, I know his suspension's up this month. When? So it's September 23rd. <laughs> so I looked it up. Right. But yeah, so, uh, you know, welcome back. Uh, pause game. Maybe we'll see you on some uh, coverage. Welcome back, hombre. Be yeah. good. Be good this time, bro. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, you mentioned extended. Why don't you go over that? I mean, Aaron Forsyth said 
on our interview with him or my interview with him at, at Philadelphia a couple weeks ago that Modern 8 extended. And so I'm kind of surprised that we don't get some sort of announcement saying, well, we're just going to nix extended. But uh, looks like they're they're making some changes. So, Joe. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor's banned. Mental Misstep is banned. Ponder, Preordain, and Stoneforge Mystic all banned in extended um, as of October 1st. Yeah, so, I mean, it's weird that they would announce extended changes, which obviously means that they're going to conti- – like, extended is going to continue to exist as a format anyways, which is – Yeah. Awesome. Well, what I what I think that is is basically extended still exists on Moto. Okay. So oh, to maintain this, uh, you know, kind of like bastardized format on Moto, I think they're just like – keeping the ban list as close to uh, modern as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think people who like Extended should get super excited to see Extended there. And I certainly hope that they just, you know, take Extended out back with the shotgun, <laughs> finish it off, and let's move on with life. Like, I, I think Joe is, like, the only guy I've ever heard who's like, yeah, Extended's awesome. <laughs> I pretty much... I, I honestly didn't even look at this list. Like, I didn't give it any thought at all. It was like modern, oh, extended. They actually have ex- changes to extended. And then just moving on. Didn't really look. I kind of saw Jace and Stoneforge and didn't even notice Ponder and Preordain like, on the list. Wizards of the Coast, don't force us to play another PTQ format of extended, please. Yeah. Just, I don't know, man. I hate sealed, and I would just rather play sealed. I'm with you on that. And I love sealed. <laughs> Joe loves I can't sealed. Wait yeah. for this PTQ season, man. Man, queue this year. I'm gonna queue this season. That'd be awesome. Could you imagine if Big Head Joe queued? That would be awesome. That'd be the biggest scam of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it on Planeswalker points. Just yeah, all those events. Oh no. man. He also was the sanctioning the events himself, and he was <laughs> he was the to. <laughs> that, that would that would be a scam. Pretty much. Hey, you, you no, I mean you're I'm just kidding. You are allowed to play in the events that you set. Yeah, yeah. I'm only, I'm only messing around. No, just, but yeah. yeah, if I were to just like, it's like, oh, it looks like you played in 7,000 FNMs last month. <laughs> With That's a 99% per- percent win percentage. <laughs> yeah. Against yeah. Eight, seven other people with your last name. <laughs> just spelled well, slightly differently. What I don't get is people who cheat themselves onto the pro tour like that. Because, I mean, that stuff goes on, you know what I mean? And um, it's just like, what do you do when you get there? You suck at magic, right? Because you have to cheat yourself onto the Pro Tour. <laughs> and then you just, like, O2 and go have a sandwich? Like, that's why you cheat, so you can O2 the Pro Tour? Like, come on, seriously? <laughs> that's exactly what you do, right over at the... Uh... But you could tell your friends, yeah, I queued for the Pro Tour. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I got a pro point, man. Totally but, awesome. but, like, but it's all a lie, so you can't even take pride in it. I don't know, man. Just silly people. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about something really cool. Yeah, like Legacy. Woo! Legacy. Yes. So, Legacy, Mental Misstep, banned. This is something yes. that a lot of people were calling for and predicting and sort of, I mean, in my eyes, got a little bit overshadowed by people talking about the, the modern band list changes. But I know people like, uh, like Drew Levin and Patrick Chapin were mentioning the possibility of mental misstep being banned. Now, obviously, the card's only been around since May, so we've not even had five months with the card, and it's been determined to be uh, just 
it's entirely so format warping that it needed to be banned. So how uh, yeah, like what do you guys think? Like every format but modern. I mean, yeah. In every format but standard. Was it you? Didn't you tweet earlier something like, or somebody tweeted about like mental misstep only good enough for vintage and standard. Like only okay <laughs> in vintage and standard because everywhere else it's banned. It's just like it's oh man. Like first of all, I want to say like when mental misstep was there, people who didn't play decks like Storm. Or, you know, High Tide or whatever, or Reanimator. You guys are sissies, okay? Like, you just gotta play against the card. Most is probably banned. I mean, it's banned because it needs to be banned. But all of the whining that ensued, like, oh, there's only one kind of deck, or just play different decks, man. I played, I played Storm when Mental Misstep was around, and I did just fine with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just ran my own Mental Missteps. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sad that you have to do that, but, uh, but anyways, that was in the past, and now Mental Misstep is gone. And I think everyone, I think everyone knows that it had to happen. Just, um, just on the sheer like, uh, like the the impact that it had on the format was just, it's unhealthy for any card to have that much impact on a format. Yeah, it basically slowed things down to the point where there really were so many really heavy blue control decks like. Uh, like the Stoneforge Mystic, kind of the Stoneblade decks that have been doing really well, and then the the No Rug decks, those were kind of the top dogs. But there were also, I mean, there were still fringe decks that were showing up. I mean, there were, uh, you know, Reanimator lists making top eight. And uh, and I'm trying to think of other decks, but, you know, Zoo. I know Pat Cox playing Zoo in Legacy top eighted with it just, you know, a few weeks ago, about a month ago or so. So it's not like there weren't other decks around, but it was, I guess, starting to look a little bit like Standard was before the Jason Stoneforge bannings, where there were so many decks that were that were so similar. There was just maybe just too much of one or two decks. And uh, the whole thing with Legacy is that it was such a diverse format. That was why people loved it, because it was so kind of ridiculously diverse. And you really, you know, people would say that you could play any deck because... Everybody else kind of plays any deck, so there's no point in really metagaming, or it, it's it's very little value in metagaming because there was no real predictable metagame. I mean, John, you would know better than than we would because most of our experience in Legacy has come, or about half of our experience in Legacy has been with Mental Misstep in the format. Yeah, I think like I think for Legacy was was very diverse uh, before Mental Misstep. And that, just like you said, that was the thing is, like, you could just play whatever deck you want to play, and you had a, a fair chance of, of stealing stealing a tournament here and there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cyclical, so, like, certain decks would be kind of, like, people would shy out of hate for them, and then they would surge, and then people would bring the hate back, and then those decks would go back, other decks would become good, and, like, as new cards got added to the pool, uh, decks would evolve, and grow and like that was really healthy and I think that's part of what drew a lot of people to Legacy and I think that you're in a catch-22 with Mental Misstep like I think there was a way for Legacy to become like that maybe again with Mental Misstep still there Mm -hmm. and I think part of that had to do with just like people just playing really different styles of decks you know Uh, stuff that doesn't focus as much on on the one drop you know Right. Uh, it, it was like the thing you had to beat was the tempo of like misstep turn one, uh, get your two drop with a spell snare, 
and then force your your three drop in your third turn play. You know what I mean? Right, and then like, stone forge into batter skull, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. You you have to like you have to beat that. And there's probably ways to do it, but the problem comes when people are just like you basically need players to grind the format to get there. And when you have something like oppressive like mental misstep in the format, less players want to grind it. So right. then you you don't find the solution fast enough because less player people are just like ah, I don't want to play that like I don't want to sit there and play against mental misstep all day long like so then you don't get those answers and then the format just starts to lose popularity and it's it's a bad thing you know so I think it's good that they that they banned it um, I like it I have foil copies I have a foil Japanese version which is was worth like a hundred and twenty five dollars or something like that so. This thing is is basically garbage now because, uh, you know, I don't play it in vintage and I don't play it in standard. So yeah, <laughs> so like, you know, so basically my foil set of missteps is worth nothing. Um, but I'm okay with that. Like I understand when I'm spending money on cards that someday it could be that these cards are not worth anything. You know right. what I mean? Exactly, and I think that's something that uh, a lot of people want to, you know have a tantrum about cards losing value and it's like do you understand you're playing this is a collectible card game and that's kind of part of the uh you know part of the deal when you get into collectibles they rise and lower in cost based on things that are pretty much out of your control <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah. some people will complain about like oh you know my blazing shoals lost value because they just got banned you know but nobody complains that their you know vesuvas went to you know, thirty dollars. Yeah. You know, like nobody complains about that, but when when something loses value, they're like quick to complain. And I think it's just like, look, man, you know, this is not an investment format. As funny as it sounds, me saying that as the as the finance guy, you know, right? Like this is a card game, and yeah, you can ride the waves and make a little money here and there, but you really can't enter this with the you can't enter this with the like idea that your cards are going to be unaffected by all this, uh, this changing, you know what I mean? Right. And, and that's why dealers buy cards really at low value. You know, they buy them at like 50% because for them, it's a math game. Like they, they know that, okay, if I buy a 50% and sell at, you know, 80 or 90%, then I'm, I'm in the positive, you know? Yeah. They're not doing it the same way that players are doing it where you're paying full value and then, once it drops, it's like, oh, man, I just lost my shirt, you know? Right. I mean, and that's another thing. Uh, I know Alex Shearer wrote an article, I want to say, almost two years ago now, uh, and I don't know if it was just on his blog or if it was on Channel Fireball, about how he just keeps his old cards when they rotate from standard. It was getting to be a point where standard was, standard was about to rotate or it was coming up, you know, and people were all saying, get rid of your cards. And he was talking about his logic of, Hey, I just hold on to all the cards because a lot of times they just raise right back up when they get uh, when they get hot and extended. And of course, now we have modern kind of to replace extended in that in that sort of statement or idea. But that's kind of what I've done, where I just keep all my old decks. And so when something, you know, maybe a card loses a lot of value because it rotates or it's banned or whatever. But then as soon as it's a hot card in like an older format, or maybe it's unbanned in an older format. Suddenly, those you know candelabras or those time spirals or those Ravnica duels triple in value, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's it's nuts. I mean, so it, it's people are like, oh, my card lost all this value. I better sell it now. Yeah, <laughs> it and that seems like terrible logic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what like 
that's what I said in my article actually about Blazing Shoal. I'm just like, hey, keep your Blazing Shoals because like there's a legacy deck still, you know? Yeah. And like who knows if that catches on, then they're gonna go up. And some people are like, dude, the smart people like bought their Blazing Shoals at a quarter and sold them at five dollars. Yeah. Like two I weeks sold, actually, ago. I sold mine at. I bought mine at a dollar and sold it for seven two weeks ago. I only had yeah. one. Yeah, and, and that's and that's fine. I mean, yeah, but I'm talking to people who already still have them when they're reading my article. You know, I'm not talking about the guy who, you know, who who already got out yeah. up and got out. I'm like, good for you. You know, pat on the back. Like, I have Blazing Shoals. I kept them. Like, I, the way I manage my personal collection is I just keep and foil out every card that I would play with in any format. So like. I have, like, a collection of foils that, like, I have foil rampant growth from 7th edition. And they cycled out of standard, like, last year or a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then they and, just came back. And they just came back. So, look at I have foil 7th rampant growth, you know? And uh, same thing with a lot of the modern stuff. I had a bunch of foil stuff, you know, that I just had. And I keep, in my personal collection, I keep, like, a playset of everything foil that I would play. So even if it drops in value, I'm like, whatever, you know, like, yeah, if, if, if it comes back, like, I'll play it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of funny. But uh, speaking of kind of, um, I guess, financial topics, um, what do you think, uh, you know, as far as now the new, the modern band list and now the mental misstep being banned in Legacy, do you have any, uh, any advice or for the kind of cards that people should be kind of zeroing in on? Well, I think that... Uh, High Tide is one of the better decks. Yeah, and uh, it was it, before Mental Messed Up. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. doing and, really well. And, like, I said on Twitter, you know, get your Time Spirals and Candelabras. Uh, Star City had them at 199 uh, before the, the announcement, and, like, today they were 299 Right, you know? and they're sold out. And yeah, they're sold out. So, so it's just kind of like, you know, those are going to be affected. Um, you know, the, basically there's a host of decks that are going to be played again, Goblins, so Port, you know, you can look at um, Storm decks like, you know, like the High Tide or like Ad Nauseum Storm. Reanimated will make a resurgence. So in Tombs, you know, these kind of things are all going to – it's going to be like a heyday in Legacy again, you know? Yeah, glad, I, uh, glad I kept my Entombs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. See, I foiled my Entombs. Yeah, we, I heard about that on your uh, on crazy, <laughs> on, talk. On crazy talk. Yeah, yeah, I, because I'm like I want to play Reanimator, and I don't care about mental mystic. Who cares, you know? And that's kind of like now I'm in a great position because I have foil and tombs, and like most of the deck is foil, you know. And and now it's going to be like a really a tier one deck. And I, I'm telling this from like a, a Magic player standpoint, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, this is not medina's financial advice you know what i mean like if your whole purpose in this game is to get financial value then you got to be reading my articles and seeing like what what i'm telling you to do there yeah what i'm telling you to do on this podcast is from a player's perspective like i have binders here with my personal collection that i use and i don't you know i don't really sell out of those you know or trade out of them because it's just uh it's it's my cards that i play with you know yeah I mean, it, it sounds like I, I appreciate you uh, kind of separating the two two versions of John Medina. Right? <laughs> Got like the finance guy on the articles, and then the player, and uh, you know who's who's here on the podcast. So I, I like that's that's exactly the, the way I do it with the the collection. It sounds like the same thing that you do, except that I don't really care about foils, but I just have the cards that I just don't really want to trade out of. So I'm not 
even, you know, I have those cards set aside and they just stick around whether they rise in value or fall. It doesn't matter. I just kind of keep them. But, um, so what, uh, you have uh, you have the reanimator deck in Legacy. What's going to take the slots, the the mental misstep slots? Because I'm sure you were playing four in your Legacy deck. I actually wasn't. I was only really? playing. Uh, yeah, in the reanimator deck, I don't know if I was playing any main deck or it might have been two. I know in the storm deck, I was playing two main deck. It was basically six discard spells and two missteps, so like eight disruption spells. Mm-hmm. Um, and in reanimator, uh, it was discard and maybe like. Two tops, but I think they were on the board. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that you have discard spells. So I would just be like, you know, duress you. Oh, you don't have a misstep? Okay, entomb. Yeah. You know, and then exhume. Like, it just doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't really affect it as much. Like, sometimes you don't get to discard, you don't get to do the discard spell. And you have to be like, you have the chance to like turn one exhume. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, entomb. And you just have to do it. Like, if they got it, they got it, you know? Right. Now you uh, you don't have to worry so much about that. You just got to worry about, like, a daze or something like that. Yeah, or forcible. And doing right. it into a daze is, like, it's pretty telling when someone has a daze. They run an island out there and then, like, drop, like, ether vial or something. And sometimes they telegraph it. And it's just like, ah, he's got the daze. And sometimes you might want to just run it into the daze, yeah. you know? It just depends on the read and, like, wh- where you're at, your position and stuff. Because, I mean, you sometimes have the option to just hold the spell. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, what are you holding it for? Right, like, because they're just going to counter it whenever you do it. Yeah, so, like, you know, by not playing it and letting them get more counter spells, sometimes I'm just like, all right, here you go, daze it. And then they daze it, and then I untap and then entomb again. And I'm like, do you got another one, you know? Yeah. And then they don't, or, you know. I mean, obviously, if you could play around, like, if you know you have a land coming, there's no pressure, you know, don't run into a daze. That's silly, but, you know, but it's all, I think it's all relative to where you're where you're at in the game, you know? Yeah, of course. I don't think there's a, uh, like, an absolute answer. I'm just trying to think about what I'm going to put in the uh, the mental misstep slot in my reanimator list. I think I'll just go with, like, Thoughtseize or, or Duress or something like that. Yeah, six discard effects is pretty good, and then, like, um, you know, you can run some hapless researchers or some kind of other, in, like, enabler, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty excited. I, I think this is a good transition. I don't know if you if you, if you want to stop me, because I know you're kind of, like, the guide of the No, cast. no, go for it, yeah. Um, but, like, some of the Innistrad cards I'm kind of interested in in Legacy. So let's talk Innistrad. Okay, Innistrad, let's go. So, so yeah, um, Past in Flames, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah, that's the one that gives all the sorceries an instant uh, flashback in your graveyard? Yeah, so it's kind of like a Yawgmoth's Will-ish card, right? Yeah, that card is sick. Like, um, Yawgmoth's Will was was black, black one, and it gave all the cards in your graveyard. Well, you were able to play all the cards from your graveyard as if they were in your hand until end of turn. Is that... That's accurate, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. Past and Flames gives them flashback, no, no, which... No, no, uh, Yagwa was black and two. Oh, it was black and two, okay. I knew it was. I knew it cost three. I couldn't remember if it was black, black. I, yeah. I think it was basically, a lot of times, just played off of a dark ritual, so I think <laughs> it didn't matter which <laughs> configuration of uh, colorless and colored mana it was. <laughs> but yeah, um, Past and Flames is, costs four, is also a sorcery, and only affects instants and sorcery cards in your graveyard, but and gives them flashback, which essentially is the same thing. I, I can't, you know, as far as uh, 
giving them flashback or allowing you to play them for their mana cost until end of turn is pretty much the same. Uh, it wasn't the same because you could force a will from your graveyard. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Um, with the with Yagwil, if I'm not mistaken. With the alternate cost. With the alternate right. cost. But, but this, you have to pay the mana cost. Right, okay, so that makes sense. But this actually has flashback as well. It costs a green and four to flash it back. Yeah, so this card is pretty Oh sick. my god, I forgot I had flashback. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, this card is sick. Like, there was two types of storm decks in Legacy. Well, I mean, if you don't count uh, High Tide. Mm-hmm. There was the, um, like, the blue-black Ad Nauseam Tendril Storm. Mm-hmm. And then there was the um, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the Burning Wish, uh, you know, Teps, or, you know, uh, I don't want yeah. Teps. You know, it's kind of like it, it ran like the Rainbow Lands and used Silence instead of Discard Spells. Like, it uses Orm's Chant and Silence to uh, to go off. Okay. Um, if you remember... Um, AJ Kerrigan was playing a deck, and he was playing on, on SCG Live, remember? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know he played against, uh, what, J- James uh, yeah. James Rinkiewicz, I think is how you pronounce his name. <laughs> I was corrected. Oh, yeah, well, that's what I thought, but I was corrected on SCG Live that uh, that it was actually Rinkiewicz. Oh, okay. But, so uh, he's playing against James, yeah. Jimmy Boy, whatever James, you want James R., yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's the deck he was. He was playing the, like, the... Um, I don't want to call it the wrong version because, like, a hundred people are going to correct me. But um, he was basically playing the version that has, like, red. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, this Past in Flames card, like, really fits nicely in there. And, uh, you know, it just seems really good because you have Burning Wish to find one out of the board. Uh-huh. And and you can you can even, like, if you want to make it super consistent, you can run, like, four Burning Wish and four... Um, What's it called? Uh, personal tutor. Okay. And personal tutor is basically mystical tutor, but it's not an in, it's not an instant, and it doesn't find instants; it finds sorceries. Um, and so, like with personal tutor and like Gitaxian probe, you can search this thing up and then play a probe and then like ritual out and then play this. You know what I mean? Right. And then re-ritual. Yeah. And then, like, find your tendrils and kill them. Yeah, it seems like it would be. Uh, it seems so breakable, and uh, the fact that they banned Rite of Flame in Modern, at least, because I, I know that was another thing. People people have been talking about this card as soon as it was spoiled because it is so similar to Yogmoth's Will uh, as being abusable in multiple formats. Obviously, Legacy, like you're mentioning, and of course, Modern uh, has a lot of uh, kind of interactions with it too. Just pretty much. Any of those uh, cantrips and ramp spells would have been kind of ridiculous with this. And now that we don't have Ponder, Preordain, or Rite of Flame, at least makes it a little bit more, uh, <laughs> at least at least a little less scary, I guess, is, uh, is the way it looks. But yeah, it's a, it's a mythic rare, and uh, last I checked, it was $10. I don't know if it's gone. Oh, is it 10 already? Holy smokes. It was 10 last I checked, and yeah, it's still 10, uh, pre, pre-selling for 10 on Star City. Oh wow, yeah, that thing, that card is sick. Like, I like that card. There's even a standard deck with uh, Burning Vengeance. Have you heard of this? Uh, is this the this is the one about playing cards from your graveyard, right? Is that the? Uh... Yeah, Burning Vengeance is uh, two and a red. It's an enchantment. It says whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, Burning Vengeance deals two damage to target creature or player. Right. 
So like this, there's a deck in standard, or like people are talking about it. It's um, I'm not saying it's good, but it is out there. It's basically like a pass in, in flames deck, and you run like a taxian probe and gut shot and like rituals and like that that other card. So you kind of just like kill them that way. Yeah, it's interesting ideas. I think that people are coming up with. I I uh, I feel like it's like I, I posted this on Twitter. It's like Christmas right now, where <laughs> we're getting <laughs> we're getting a new set. So standard and and standard is losing Zendikar block. So standard is completely different. So that's going to be really exciting. And then modern just got a huge shakeup because of the ban list. So that's going to be really exciting. It's already a new format. It's already pretty exciting. And then legacy losing mental misstep. It's really exciting. It's kind of like I don't know which one to focus on most. And all these kind of different ideas for for decks. It's just kind of. Uh, it's just really exciting right now. Yeah, everything is fresh. It's all like uh, I even I built a standard deck uh, recently. I don't know if it's any good. Um, I built a reanimator deck. Yeah, I saw you talking about that on uh, on Facebook and and Twitter. So you're yeah. using there's that new reanimator card. Um, what is it called? Uh, uh, rights unburial rights. rights. Unburial rights. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because like in my on my proxies I just put reanimator. <laughs> 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 so I don't even know what the card's called. I'm like, oh, I'll just play this reanimator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unburial Rites is a black and four sorcery uncommon. Retor- return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. And then it has flashback of a white and three. So uh, this is the first kind of reanimator from, from the graveyard to the battlefield card that we've gotten since, uh, what was it? Rise from, Rise the, from the Grave. Rise from the Grave, right. Yeah. I mean, we have, isn't there one, there was one in a recent set, but it only stuck stuck around for, like, a minute or something. I feel like, uh... Yeah, it's a, it's a new Phyrexia. I, it, it costs a Phyrexium Black and X. I can't remember the name of it, because for the longest time, I only had one in Japanese, and I didn't even know what it did. Is it the one... Gruesome Encore? No, no. Um, what, what is Gruesome Encore? What am I thinking of? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Oh, man, there's other reanimation spells? I gotta look this stuff up. <laughs> yeah, Gruesome Encore is a Black and Two... A sorcery uncommon from Mirrodin Besieged. Uh, put target creature card from an opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, if that creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. So that's one that I was thinking of, but like it just sticks around for a minute. It's kind of like an act of aggression or act of treason kind of thing, but where you steal it from the opponent. But since it's from the graveyard, this is a black spell. So. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Is there that one way. like that you could pay X to bring something back? That's what Joe was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm trying to find it, but my computer's moving like. Yeah, there's one that you pay X or something. Yeah, basically the reanimator, reanimator, reanimator deck that I built. <laughs> <laughs> and having trouble with words tonight. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the deck that I built has. Um, I'm basically running like the dream. The dream is to do this: like turn two spells kite. Uh, turn three, um, Forbidden Alchemy. Mm-hmm. And, like, so what you're supposed to see on the top, you look at four, and then you pick one and dump the three. So if you could dump the reanimation spell and, like, a creature, mm-hmm. like, I have, like, uh, like I have Jin Kataxis and I have um, Runescar Demon. Right. And, and so, like... You drop those in the in the graveyard, and then on turn four, you could just flash back the spell because it's four to flash it back. Right, a white and three, right? Yeah, and you can get like a Jinka Taxes or whatever, and then hopefully win the game because you have a spell's kite to protect them from removal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems it seems pretty nuts. I mean, basically, if they don't have the the mana leak or something to to stop your uh, your reanimation spell or the negate or whatever, it seems pretty pretty uh, pretty gross. Yeah. Basically, I was testing some games tonight, and the guy had mana leaks like for the first three turns. Uh-huh. He was like mana leak, and I'm just like, oh, okay, mana leak, mana leak, and then finally, I was just started flashing him back. You know. Yeah. He ran out of counter spells at one point, and then I just ran him over with RuneScore Demon and Junkataxes. Wow, that's awesome. Were you playing on, uh, on, uh, I was playing at, at the store. Oh, like, okay. they, they, they had, like, there's a bunch of guys there with, like, proxy decks. He was running a snap, Snapcaster Mage, like, control deck. Mm-hmm. And man, that card is annoying. Yeah. Holy smokes. Oh, like, I could just see, like, I'm just, like, I'm going to be casting Snapcaster Mage, I mean, for sure, you know? But, uh, <laughs> But, like, just being on the other end of it is such a beating, like... So he counters my first two spells with Mana Leak. And then, like, by then he has four mana. And so I try to cast something else, and he's like, Snapcaster Mage, Mana Leak, you know? Yeah. And then I'm just like, ugh. Like, and then he's like, Dissipate. And then Snapcaster Mage, Dissipate. And I'm just like, gosh, like, knock it off, you know? <laughs> dissipate seems pretty good against you and your flashback spells. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was real good. Dissipate so. is another reprint. It's the uh, counter-target spell, uh, remove it from the game, or, sorry, exile it instead of putting it in the graveyard, and it, it costs cancel mana. So it's like cancel plus another another card outclassing uh, cancel in standard. Yeah, I think that one's going to probably be played a lot over cancel. And, yeah. uh... I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, the big question now is, like, what's the aggro deck going to look like? You know, are any of these werewolves really going to see, you know, a lot of play? Um, I was playing with Liliana in my uh, reanimator deck, mm-hmm. and it seems it seems interesting. I'm still, like, trying to get used to the card. Because I feel like playing it, unless you make them stack a creature, you don't get a lot of quote-unquote card advantage, you know? Right. Because you're discarding as well. I mean, in the reanimator deck, it's fine, because I'm discarding a fatty, hopefully. But um, it just kind of, like, I'm trying to see it in other, like, aspects. And, uh, you know, it didn't start to really seem powerful until his hand was running out. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, now he's down to one card, discard your card. And then it's like, okay, he's top decking. Like, if he plays a creature, I make him sack it. If he holds the card, I make him pitch it. Yeah. You know, it just seems like once they started running out of cards, like, he was kind of bent over a barrel with, with Liliana. And then, like, if he doesn't draw an answer to Liliana, he has to lose, like, half his permanence. So, yeah, it's, I can see exactly what you mean. That's I, Well, Chapin wrote an article about Liliana, which uh, which is on the on Star City. Yeah, Liliana Unveiled, right? Right. And, yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't got. To, it's in the read. It's in the queue, but I haven't got to read it yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely worth reading because I think he brings up a lot of those kind of points about it. Seems like card disadvantage, or you know, you play the you play the planeswalker, and then you know, then you're both discarding. So it seems like there's a parity there. But the reason that she's strong is because one, she gives you the option of doing that. You don't actually have to make her. You know, you don't have to make both players discard. At worst, you can just have her sit there and uh-huh. do nothing, you know. like. But at least you have the option to do that. The other thing is your deck should be able to capitalize on the discard um, or at least mitigate the damage. 
that it would do with something like flashback spells or, you know, dumping a Jingitaxius or something like that. Because you're the one playing Liliana, you actually have the choice to play cards that work better with with Liliana. And um, so the fact that she just costs three is is pretty good because you're not really paying all that much for her and uh, just the options that she gives you during your turn, even if she ends up being kind of like a... A, a gatekeeper of Malakir, that was that was a good card, you know. Like yeah, coming down as a gatekeeper seems seems fine, and then she sticks around to do something else next turn, or you know, or they just somehow get rid of her. But that's that's good too. Yeah, that's the logic that uh, kind of hooked me on Liliana. I mean, other than the fact that I need a discard outlet besides the Forbidden Alchemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the thing that kind of hooked me is it's basically it is a gatekeeper that it has a planeswalker attached, you know. Right. Which is just awesome because you gain, you gain an ability out of, uh, out of Liliana in that way. And I mean, I'm I've I've kind of transitioned over in the in the Reanimator deck to running Think Twice, and that's helping to mitigate as well as me dumping creatures in the yard and you know this kind of stuff. The uh, the card that we were thinking of from New Phyrexia is Postmortem Lunge. That's the name right. of the card. It's a, a Phyrexian black. And X, it's a sorcery uncommon, and then it's a return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. So, uh, very similar to Gruesome Encore, except you can take it out of uh, out of your you can only take it out of your graveyard, and you have to actually pay the the mana cost or the converted mana cost anyway. So plus two life or another black. Right. Exactly. Oh man, that's pretty weak. I'd yeah. actually found it. Like I found it a while ago, but like. You know, it, it took me so embarrassingly long to look it up. I think we were already on episode 82, so I just, uh, <laughs> just kind of left it alone. I figured I'd mention it because I know there was, one, there's people out there going, it's postmortem lunch. It's postmortem lunch. <laughs> They're not yep. saying it to their uh, to their iPod or, or whatever, their <laughs> iPhone or in their car or whatever. And then other people are like, what is it called? What is it called? What is it called? I want to... I might want to build this. I might want to use this card because this sounds like fun. There hasn't been a reanimator strategy in standard in a long time. That's true. Yeah. It and, did okay tonight, but it was like, I just cringe at like what I would look like against an aggro deck. Cause I was running against control decks. Yeah. And, and the way it, it played out is just like Liliana and like the flashback was just too much for them to answer. You know what right. I mean? And they didn't have a clock on me. So I'm just like, I'm cast. I'm hard casting Runescar demons, you know, and like, <laughs> and then I have like reanimation spells waiting. So if they counter the Runescar or they like counter the reanimation, either way, like the threats are just coming too fast. Right. Uh, I mean, fast at seven mana or whatever you want. No, to but yeah, too, there's too. You're overwhelming them with with you know making them discard and then making them use their counter spells and their counter spells don't have flashback. So unless yeah, and, unless they have Snapcaster Mage, yeah, exactly. So the, the only way they could keep like even keep up is with Snapcaster Mage. So like I would wonder like what that deck would look like with a clock on it. Yeah, but I, I don't think it could. Do, I don't think it would be too bad because you still have like uh, Black Sun Zenith. I was running the Wrath that you. Uh, it's called Divine. Uh, this is another Innistrad card. Was this the white one? The uh, the one that you you. Each player chooses a creature, and the rest are destroyed. Isn't that? It's a, yeah, it's a white divine card. reckoning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I was running that because like I'm reanimating one dude most of the time, and the other thing I like I have a spells cart maybe you know. Right. So like I'm fine to wrath their board and just keep my one fatty, you know. Yeah, it's a white white two divine reckoning sorcery rare. Each player chooses a creature he or she controls, destroy the rest, and it has flashback for five and two white. So that's pretty awesome. A flashback wrath. Uh, the the problem is if you're playing against somebody with some one big dude, <laughs> it doesn't really nothing help. Nothing else, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully I'm the one reanimating the one big dude. Exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> if they have a bigger dude than me, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, can I mention real quick just an interaction I kind of like from the new set? That, yeah. Like, something I've been no, thinking no, about and actively can't. picking up cards for. Um, so um, I really like Infernal Plunge. This is the red, um, red dark ritual, right? Yeah, it's like sacrifice a creature as additional cost and add three red for one red. Right. It's a sorcery. Um, I really like that card, and especially with something like Chancellor of the Forge, uh, where you start with a creature and then you can, you know, attack with it, and then you can sacrifice to Infernal Plunge for three red. And let's say you're playing against something like Tempered Steel, then you play a turn one Manic Vandal and blow up like their Signal Pest. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's something I've been thinking about and like and I've been and that's why I picked up that set of coths today, because I want to build something with that. Um now and I've I've actively been building red anyway, just like building with mono red, just trying to build some version of mono red for the new set, because I've had one existed and a, existing and I wanted to build another one. Um now here's here's my problem. How in the hell does mono red Beat Tree of Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Let's read Tree of Redemption for the How in the hell thing. does yeah. that work? I love this card. Joe, read it. Oh, I don't want to. It makes right, John, me you sad read it? my heart. <laughs> okay, I'll read it as soon as I get to it. <laughs> okay. I'll read it. I got it. Okay. Tree of Redemption is a 0-13 plant with Defender for a green and three. And it's... Um, mythic. It's Mythic. Tap, exchange your life total with Tree of Redemption's toughness. <laughs> Screw you. Screw you, Innistrad. <laughs> I hate you so much. All I want to do is play a red deck and not have to play any counter spells or any into the maw of hell to, like, <laughs> deal 13 damage to a Tree of Redemption that they may or may not have a monstrous growth for. Like, I want to vomit. Like, it makes me so mad. I mean, like, it almost just makes me want to, like, just play Infect. Like, I'm just like, okay, fine. I'll just play Infect, and I'll have to never worry about Tree of Redemption. Because all the decks I want to build right now, except for, like, I am working on, like, I've been hoarding blue-white control cards. Every deck I want to play right now is going to make your life total go to zero. And Tree of Redemption is going to let that ever happen, is it? Oh, man. And Green Sun Zenith is going to be finding this card against me a lot, isn't it? Oof. I mean, it could if they if they live until turn five. That's the problem. Like, or six even, because if they... Birthing, Birthing Pod is going to be finding this card... Okay, there you go. Way too much. <laughs> I like it in uh, I like it as like, in some sort of Bant control list or just blue-white splashing green because you're like... Just really beat you down. Like, timely reinforcements. Oh, you have more than my one tree of redemption? Like, ah, oh, gain some life. And <laughs> you, know where, you know where I really like this card? Huh. 
nowhere ever. <laughs> that card is that card is pretty cool. You just have what? to splash black and 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 play go for the throat and doomblade. I mean, I already run four um, uh, dragon skull summits in my mono red deck for my four main deck dismembers, so it wouldn't be a stretch to no, maybe nice dismembers, dude. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Well, at least, that, I mean, you know, Dismember would work to make it, their life total 8 instead of 13. That's true. So that could actually work if you can deal 8 the next turn. All you need uh, to do is just run a, a Pithy Needle Beetle. The, uh, what is it? Ah, Correction Revoker? Yeah, revo- yeah. There we go. Okay, revoker. or never, or no, Nevermore is not freaking red. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Something, yeah, yeah, but okay, yeah. That's actually a really good idea. Phyrexian Revoker is a really, really good idea. Um, I know. I know. He's like, yeah, I know. I thought of it. So yeah, I mean, it came out of my mouth, so you know, of course. <laughs> so, uh, is there? Uh, I, you know, we're gonna have to have to wrap up, unfortunately. So, is there anything you guys, uh, anything else you guys wanted to mention or, or talk about before we wrap up? Uh, I just want to say that Innistrad, the flavor and artwork, is like some of the best that I've seen in in all the years that I've been playing Magic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I don't think there's a single like there's very few cards that I think the artwork's even mediocre on. Everything's really really good. I really love the the, the flavor. They really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, and I'm not even like I don't even like that stuff typically. Yeah. But uh, but man, they did a really good job with the set in that in that regard. Joe, did you have uh, anything to add? Yes, actually. Uh, two things, real quick. Mm-hmm. For one, there were changes to the commander band list. That's true. Uh, Sharazad is now re-banned. Uh, the entire <laughs> vintage restricted list is now banned. So, Noyen, I hope you cry yourself to sleep tonight. <laughs> um, Arayo is banned as a commander, and for very good reason. And Lion's Eye Diamond was unbanned. One more note on Commander. I just purchased a foil Japanese Balthor the Defiled today. Woo. And it's a beautiful day. And that's about it. So, uh, changes to Commander. No, you know, I don't have to play against your crappy deck, and thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to the next couple of weeks. We have a lot of cool events coming up. This weekend, of course, is the pre-release for Innistrad. Um, can I plug? Can I plug? Plug it, plug it. Uh, I'm holding a pre-release this Sunday. Uh, sign-ups are at 10. We play at 11 a.m. Um, at Amazing Spiral Games in the Rotunda in Hamden in Baltimore, Maryland. So if you're around Baltimore and you want to come to uh, my pre-release, you should come. Adam Staborski will be there gunslinging, as always, with all my pre-releases because Adam's the man, and I love to have him around. It's a great excuse for us to hang out. Absolutely. And I'll probably podcast with him if I get the podcast for 5000 back from you this Thursday. Yeah, I, well, I'll be there Sunday, so I'll have at least two chances to remember. Okay, so. sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's this weekend. Then next weekend, October 1st, there's the, uh, the Star City Open in Indianapolis where we're going to actually see the new standard format and the new legacy format. Um also that weekend in Philadelphia is the MTG Grudge Match Tournament, which uh, which has been 
people have been uh, talking about. I know BDM is going to be there. Uh, you'll have to just Google MTG Grudge Match for that, or maybe I'll link it in the show notes if I find it. Um, and then the the weekend after that is the Star City Games Open Series in Nashville, um, October 8th and 9th, and I'll be there with uh, with Michael J. Flores doing the commentary for SCG Live. Oh, my gosh. That'll be exciting. Michael Flores. We haven't referenced him very often yeah, I know. Uh, lately. Hey, what's up, Mike Flores? I know you're listening. <laughs> well, you're the best, man. He, he certainly is. So I'm, <laughs> I'm super Cena. excited about that. What'd you say, Joe? I said present day Cena. Okay. I'll edit that out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what we have coming up in the next few weeks. Pretty pretty awesome, pretty exciting. All these new formats, and we'll get to actually see, see them kind of take shape over the next couple of weeks. So uh, thanks, John, for, for joining us as always. Anything you want to plug? Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I want you guys to, who are listening, check out my articles on Mondays on StarCityGames.com. And uh, you can find me all over the Internet. Oh, yeah, add me on Twitter. I'm yeah. MTG Medina. We'll, we'll link that in the show notes, too. You better. <laughs> we, we will. <laughs> All right, man. It's been right. awesome. Thanks, John. As always, uh, we are Yo MTG Taps. Come on, John. Stop bitching, start brewing. <laughs> there we <Yeah>. go. <laughs> <laughs>